Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. This is episode number 36. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word lesson manual or student workbook for the winter 2020-2021 quarter and turn to the lesson entitled Let Us Love One Another. This is lesson number four, intended for December 27th, 2020. If you're not a Word of Flame curriculum customer, we invite you to grab your Bibles, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. All right, before we look into God's Word, if you want to go ahead and turn there with me and keep your place, we'll return to these scriptures in just a moment. You can turn to John chapter 3 and 1 John chapter 4. John chapter 3 and 1 John chapter 4. Stephen Siller was a 34-year-old firefighter in New York City. He had just finished his shift on Tuesday, September 11, 2001, and was on his way to play golf with his brothers when he heard the report that the first plane had crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. He immediately called his wife to ask her to tell his brothers he would catch up with them later. Then he returned to Squad 1 for his gear. Stephen drove to the entrance of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, but it was closed for security reasons. That is when love overtook fear and fatigue, and he strapped 60 pounds of gear on his back and raced on foot through the tunnel to the Twin Towers to save others. He died alongside 342 of his firefighters his, uh, when the tower collapsed. His love for his fellow New Yorkers and his fellow firefighters cast out his fear for his own safety and drove him to heroism in history. Author and family friend Jay Price wrote this. He said, Every momentous event, even a tragedy, has its symbolic figure, none bigger than Stephen Siller whose stature only grows with time as New Yorkers and people from around the world follow his footsteps. Stephen Siller exampled what John wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 3 and 1 John chapter 4, and let's see what God's Word would speak to us today. All right, let's look at our text. Let's look in John chapter 3 and 1 John chapter 4. John chapter 3, beginning at verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And then 1 John chapter 4, quite a lengthy passage. We're going to read uh, beginning at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. 
In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If, if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may be bold, have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? In the last verse, verse 21, And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. I want to look here, this lesson uh, entitled, Let Us Love One Another. The focus thought that uh, this lesson covers, we're just going to look at the scripture passages, but the focus thought is we should love others because God so loved us. The focus verse is 1 John four eleven. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought, we ought also to love one another. Let's break these, this passage up into kind of three sections like we normally do. Let's first look at John chapter 3. In verses 16 through 17, familiar, I'm sure, to, to you. You've heard it this past before, but people who aren't even in church have heard John 3, 16, familiar with it. They might not even know it's in the Bible, but they're familiar with it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And verse 17, for God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. How did God defeat condemnation. Looking at this passage, how did God defeat condemnation? You know, we're so quick to condemn people when they make mistakes. This uh, this cancel society that we are in the middle of right now, somebody makes a mistake and everybody cancels, everybody unfollows, everybody mutes them, everybody blocks them. It, this, this condemnation in society, making uh, people out to be villains who, yeah, everybody makes mistakes and we're not I'm not excusing anybody's mistakes. I'm not excusing anybody's um, horrible things that they might do. But I'm so thankful that God didn't come to condemn. I'm so thankful that when we see Jesus Christ living his life uh, in the pages of the New Testament, that when he, when he comes in contact with sin, there is, a, there, is an obvious, uh, there is an obvious wall that's put up. There's an obvious uh, 
there's a discomfort in the scene because of sin and a holy God in, in the presence of sin. But I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't let those walls uh, keep him out. But instead, we see him continually breaking down walls and saying, I'm not going to let this wall of sin keep you from experiencing what God has for you. So we see him breaking down this wall between uh, the Syrophoenician woman and and God when the Syrophoenician comes to Jesus and says, my daughter is just vexed with this demon. Could you heal her? And Jesus uh, points out the wall. He says, I'm not sent to, I'm not sent to those that aren't Jewish. But he then breaks down the wall and he heals the daughter. When the, when the woman caught in the act of adultery is brought to him in, in John chapter 8, Jesus um, kind of lets the wall be felt as the condemnation is there and the people are there trying to wanting to stone her and they question Jesus. And Jesus is silent for a moment. I think it's, it's almost as we feel this tension. The wall's there. But then all of a sudden, Jesus breaks down the wall and says, where are your accusers? I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. I'm so thankful that God came in flesh, manifest himself in flesh in the person of Jesus Christ and tore down the wall. And he didn't come to condemn us. He defeated condemnation. We condemn. Instead, he offers grace. So if you're feeling condemned today, I don't care what you've done, what's lurking in your past, what you feel like you can never forgive yourself from, or, or maybe there's people holding things against you and you feel like you're never going to get free, I want you to turn yourself to Jesus Christ today because he does not condemn. It does not mean that what you did was not bad or what you did was not sinful or what you did was not hurtful maybe, but he offers not condemnation, but he offers grace and he offers restoration so you can be made whole. He didn't come to condemn. He came to judge sin. He came to take care of sin. But he came to do that because he loves us and he wants to set us free. He does not come to condemn. He offers grace. Let's look at these first four verses of 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. For he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And then skip down to verse 10. This is what John writes. He said, herein is love. Herein is love. This is, he said, here's the perfect example of love. And here's the question I want to ask. What is, why is this the ultimate example of love? Here's love. Verse 10, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or that substitute for our sins, that sacrifice, that, 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 that would settle and, 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 and take care of our sins. Why is this the ultimate example of love? Because for someone to truly love, to be able to lay, John said in in his gospel, he said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The ultimate example of love is that that self-sacrifice, putting someone else first. It's seen in many extremes from just, the sacrifice of you would like to go to this restaurant, but because you love this individual, you want them to go to the place they want to go. And even if you don't like it, you're going to go there because you love them. It can be seen in a simple example like that, or it can be seen to the very extreme that Jesus Christ took it, that you literally lay down your life for those you love. This is the ultimate example of love. And the incredible thing is that here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. That uh, Paul told the the Romans, he said, "Greater." Uh, he said, uh, 
but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is that is the ultimate example of love. Now let's let's look at our last passage here in our text. Let's look at verses 11 through the end here. Verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. And he, he goes on down the rest of this, and then ends, kind of bookends this, this little section with verse 21, says, This is the commandment we, we have from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. He that loves God will love his brother also. So what should the natural response be? What should our natural response be to God loving us? Our natural response should be that we love one another, that we love others. It's said in a different way elsewhere, he that is forgiven much will love much. Why? Why is that? Why would he that is forgiven much love much? There's something that grace being shown to you does. There's something that grace being shown to me does when I realize that I did not deserve grace in my situation. In the horrible sins, mistakes that I've made, I was extended grace by others, or especially I was extended grace by God. And if I was extended grace by God and given another chance or a third chance or a fourth chance or a 1500th chance, if I've been given that by God, then who am I to hold it against my brother or my sister or someone else because of what they did? It doesn't mean that we excuse sin or we overlook sin. It doesn't mean that. We don't excuse it, overlook in our life. We don't just turn a blind eye to it in our life and say, well, got away with that one. No, we don't do that. We understand sin has consequences, and there are things in our lives that 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 we do, and though we may find forgiveness and grace and mercy, there's still going to be consequences we have to live with. But the ultimate fact is that we have been forgiven. We've shown grace and mercy. And so because we've been shown grace and because we have received love from God, we ought also ought to love others. We don't turn a blind eye to their sin or a blind eye to their mistakes or when they've even hurt us. We don't say, oh, well, that's just life. We don't have to do that, but we can somehow find a way to love them in spite of it. That I've been forgiven much, and I've been loved much, so I'm going to express and give love to you. Bible tells us that if we really do love God like we say we do, then we will love our brother John makes it very plain in verse 20 of 1 John 4. He says, If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Because he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he say he loves God whom he's not seen? How can someone say, I love this great God, and you've never even seen him before? But yet this brother, this sister, this individual, this stranger, this, this person that doesn't look like you, doesn't act like you, doesn't have the same background as you, you can see them and yet you can't love them. John says we're, we're lying. We're lying to ourselves. We're lying to God. We're lying to the world. 
If we say we love God and yet we can't find it in our hearts to love someone else. Whew, it's a pretty tough admonition and it really digs down deep because we see this in our world today. Again, it's not a license to to let let sin go and, and turn a blind eye to it. There are a lot of horrible things going on in our world and our society today. And we can't ignore it. We can't turn a blind eye to it. We can't say, oh, it doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter because there are things that are destroying our nation, destroying our world. But we can extend love in the midst of it. We can love people. We can have grace and mercy on people. We can reach out and we can be the source of healing through the love of Jesus Christ flowing through our lives. Here's a couple things I challenge you to do this week as we as we seek to apply God's word to our life and we want God's word to dwell in us and live through us. So number one, here's the personal thing. Number one, confess your sins. If you have some things that are in your life that you um, need to, to confess and, 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 and get rid of, release condemnation. Don't beat yourself up. Don't continue to do it. You can be made free today. So release the condemnation in your life. And let's turn this outward now. Forgive somebody else. If you're harboring something against somebody else, this week, this is the time, right even today, it's the time to begin releasing grace and forgiveness to them. Let go of condemnation. Let go of judgment and release release forgiveness to them. Release it. Forgive. God's forgiven you. Let's forgive others. And lastly, find a way to show love to somebody this week. What can you do to show love, to spread love, to give, to, to show somebody that you care, to show somebody that you see them as an individual and that you love them? Let the love of Jesus Christ flow through your life this week. For if you really love God, we will love one another. Dear Lord Jesus, we cannot say thank you enough for the great love whereby you have loved us. That while we were still dead in our sins and our trespasses, you manifest yourself in flesh. You came, lived among us, lived a sinless life so that you could be the perfect sacrifice for all of our sins. Humble today, God, because of your great love. Humble today for your mer- because of your mercy and because of your grace. And I receive it and I, I release condemnation. I release that and I, I lay it at your feet. I give it all to you. God, I want to walk in the grace and the liberty that you've given me in my life. Now I extend grace and forgiveness to others. Lead me to somebody I can love this week. Love even today. Lead me. Let my eyes be opened that I could love somebody and care for somebody and reach somebody even this day. Let your love shine through me. Let your grace and mercy shine through my life. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.